0: evening and welcome to Monday night's episode of Fools Rush In, where we will be looking back at the weekend's game with Stevenage. Uh, For everyone who has popped over from the other channels, I have to say what a great episode uh, Matt Taylor just did on the Official Supporters Club. That was a very worthwhile listen. And if you haven't uh, had the opportunity yet, please do go back and listen to that. There was some very interesting stories. Um, we have a very, very good panel for you this evening. Can't wait to get into all the debate and the discussion, um, but there is only one place to start to do this properly.
1: Take
2: my hand. take my whole life too.
3: but
4: I can
0: Let's get straight into it then, uh, by welcoming first, uh, for those who saw the uh, pictures, uh, we've got all three of us that made the game on Saturday, so
2: let's start by saying hello to Nick. How are you, pal? Yeah, not too bad, Fifey. Um, recovered from Saturday, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was the journey any more entertaining than the game?
2: Uh, journey was okay, put it like that.
0: <laughs> um, also, uh, alongside Nick and myself at Stevenage, was Rich. How are you, buddy? Yeah, all good, mate. Good, good. Glad to have you with us tonight. Yeah,
3: good to be here tonight.
0: And, and just... uh, sport the spectacles again, I see. <laughs> yeah, back to it, back to it, back <laughs> to it. Just like to fit in,
2: yeah. Uh,
0: next. <laughs> Next up, a man never short sure of an opinion and enjoys a debate as well as anybody. Good
1: evening, Woody. Good evening, good evening. I've just realised how bushy my beard is tonight. I think uh, I think we should have a little beard competition, five feet. Never mind November, we just conti- continue Do to grow just our keep beard. Going. Just keep growing our beard. Um, I'm good. Uh, I wasn't there on Saturday, but somehow I feel like I've lived the pain through you guys <laughs> so Well you certainly lived through
0: The uh, the war of the WhatsApp That's for sure <laughs> I did, I did, More of that to come And uh, and tonight we're delighted to be joined By someone making their Fools Rush In debut um, It's been said a few times that there just Isn't enough accents On this show so we decided to add one more uh, Good evening Joe How are you and welcome
4: Hi thanks for having me I'm very well thank you
0: Uh, Delighted we finally able uh, to uh, find a slot in your busy schedule to come and make your Fool's Rushing debut. Um, You've listened for quite a while, I know, Um, and I know you were messaging Nick a long time before we got this sorted about hoping to come on, so like I say, delighted we were able to finally get it sorted.
4: Thank
2: you. Yeah, welcome.
0: Um, good evening to everyone who I'm seeing in the chat I can see uh, James is, is with us again He's a Stevenage fan um, So he's going to be very interested in some of what we had to say I think it may have been you, Nick, um Mentioned some form of comparison at the time uh, Between Stevenage and Sutton And he took it personally And I heard a lot about it on Saturday, believe me um, But we will come to that Even if Phil... Uh, Christian Mark's there as well, Kieran, uh, lots of familiar names um, tuning in, good to have you all with us. Um, There is only really one place to start, Um, Fifey Left Fuming at Weekend Defeat, Um, I have a lot to say on this, Um, so I'm going to open it up to you guys first. Nick, um, as I said in the intro, the three of us were all there, Um, what was your take on the game?
2: Um, Not quite as bad as yours, to be honest Um, Sort of comparing it to That defeat to the Northampton defeat Um, I was more pissed off after the Northampton game, to be honest And I thought we were really, really poor that day Um, I don't think we were as poor on Saturday We had a decent 15-minute spell at the start of the second half But Typical Swindon, you know the stats were out there. Seventy percent possession, didn't create a decent chance, didn't have a shot on goal, which is uh, obviously disappointing. And I think the biggest disappointment is we played two teams at the, near the top, first, second, and we haven't competed. Now there's something wrong there that we need to compete with them. We need to get a foot in. We some I think I think it was Rich said. We were too nice. And if you look at their first goal with the guy sat on the ball and we just let it happen, we should have kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> but we should have. We, we just stood back and let them do it. So we are too nice and we need a destroyer in there. And I think that showed up against Northampton and it showed up Saturday. Uh, pretty football's great. Yeah, we like to see it. is um, deserved the win. They did what they is much as I hate to say it with a Steve Evans side, what they did, they did well. And uh, you can see why why they're top of the league, Jesus. So <laughs> that's my sort of initial take on it.
0: No, I completely agree. And on on that side, I mean one of the things that I made very apparent in my sort of um rundown of, of the game. Um, I think me and Rich both agreed as much as we both really rate Khan and like him as a player, he's not a CDM. And we really need a proper, if, if Reed isn't able to to play all the games, understandably so, uh, we need somebody else who who can do that combative job properly um, because it's just not, it doesn't appear to be in Khan's nature. I mean, perhaps it can be coached. I think there's a certain nat- natural aggression um, and, and a certain type of player. I mean, would you probably be better placed to to say what's required to do that role well, and, and whether you, from what you've seen, if if Khan's suitable?
1: Um, well, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Khan is suitable for that role. I think even the build-up towards the goal on their first goal on Saturday, you could kind of see that. He hasn't got that kind of hard grit that you're referring to. That is technically what we, you know, we kind of need to look for um, in a in a holding midfielder. But I think we've got to be careful as well not to come to automatically think a holding midfielder has to be Anthony Grant. Um, you know, because no, not he, he at all. Was, no. Yeah, so um, because Reed wasn't, Reed no. isn't an Anthony Grant. No. Um, but Khan, I, I I think without calling him a headless chicken he is a bit of a headless chicken because he's kind of, <laughs> he's, he is, he's the type of player that you want to, you know, you just want to attack. You want him to create opportunities, you know, kind of that kind of, you know, the player that would always be good in your five-a-side, six-a-side team because he's going to make a difference. Um, you know, you wouldn't have a holding midfielder in a six-a-side team, for example. And it's, um, so yeah, I think he's not really suited at all to a CDM role. Um, we, I think somebody mentioned it on the lower league look I can't remember who it was but you know we do need we probably that is an area that we do need to strengthen up in. I think that was um, one of the say... few points I agreed with Ben on yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah the very few that's probably <laughs> one of the Yeah, but yeah it's, um, uh, and I think kind of reflective a little bit that in the Stevenage game from the goals I saw it's just the way we conceded as well um, I think more yeah I uh, believe the, um, that there'll be a hashtag
0: was a, a little asterisk and wasn't coming next.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I think he was, you know, the, 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 mat, the first goal was terrible. The second goal was defending was terrible. Um, You know, and if we, if that was reflective of the whole game, then, um, you know, I feel sorry for you guys, as I mentioned earlier. But... Well, it, it's funny you should say that because again,
0: one of the things that, that Rich Nick and I were discussing. I said defensively. I think I put it in in the WhatsApp chat as well. Um, particularly for the first goal, yes, there there was an element of misfortune because there, you know, there was an obstruction. It wasn't seen, but there was still plenty of opportunity. You just yeah. can't get away from defending abysmal defending. Basically, that both goals were completely avoidable. Um, you know, the second goal, there was an easy tackle there to be made. It wasn't made. They go through and score. But that wasn't it. It wasn't just those two goals defensively. It just didn't look as assured as some people really, thought. I mean, I you look really, at it, we go through the goal kick routines that always get mentioned. We nearly Yeah self destructed to- from that. And then there was at the end of the game a simple clearance from them, nearly ended up with a one on one. And it was only because their striker bottled it against Bryn that he didn't <laughs> he didn't have a simple tap in from the halfway line.
1: You mentioned the, the, the kind of goal kick routines there, and that, that, that's probably what I'm going to ask you guys because I didn't watch the game. But, you know, a CDM is also there to dictate play. So, reflecting back on the calm point again when he's on the ball, you know, was he receiving the ball from a goal kick type thing? I don't, you know, you guys are there. I'm going to assume he didn't. Um But, you know, if, if he did, then he needs to dictate play from there. And he doesn't strike me as the type of player that could do that. Gladwin, I think... Would have been a better option to have as a CDM in that game if Reid's not available. Um, yeah. Obviously, I think someone's just mentioned in the chat, you know, that game was almost built for Leiden in some ways, you know. That but it's, um, there you go, I'll well say Claire. Um, you know, that game would have been built for for Leiden. And I think uh, what was making me crack up on your on your little review, Fifey, was, you know, the kind of Cebutio tagline. Um, Oh, it was. It was driving me mad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think because we're never going to change from that. And I think the problem is, is sometimes it can be the opposition that kind of play to you to to make you do that. You know, it it was sounded quite clear that they did just let us have the ball, um, which we kind of probably expected, to be honest. Um, But yeah, and when you've got the the confidence that Stevenage are playing with at the moment, um, you know, they're confident to play with any game plan. I generally think, well, no matter how we would have set up, um, if we weren't playing very well, we were going to lose that game. Yeah, It was never going to be a game where we're paid badly and we'd still win. So, Joe, let me bring you in here to, to
0: ask your perspective on it because we were discussing it before the game and, and I said to Richard and Nick, this game is won by whoever plays, whoever imposes their style of football. Stevenage didn't have to work very hard to do that. We allowed them to play their style of football. And and what I tried to kind of say afterwards was, you know, we all support we all support Swindon. You know, I know uh, I said James was there watching along, Stevenage fan. There'll be guys from Lower League Look probably watching in, forgetting that Ben isn't here, thinking me and Ben are going to go to war again. But we all support League Two football clubs. We used to, you know, we know when we don't win every game. Yeah. But what I can't accept and when I get really angry after a loss as if there, there isn't that seemingly that energy that effort that work rate the basic fundamentals that a fan expects of a team of footballers and that's when I get wound up is if I don't like there's a way to lose and how we lost on Saturday is not for me the way to lose
4: no agreed. I think it was very um predictable very frustrating um we couldn't find the back of the net. Well, we couldn't find the net, let alone the back of it. Um, Struggled
0: to find the penalty area.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, true. Um, I think because we are playing in the same way every time, they, they can just read us. They just know exactly where that ball's going to go. Um, there's no... Where did it feel to me? So there was no sort of drive forward. There was nobody that really showed the hunger. Um in in that particular game. They did literally walk all over us and it was, it was, it was awful to watch. Awful to watch.
0: Um, Rich, Mark makes a a decent point there in the chat. Um, I'll I'll bring the comment back up just so you can see it again, where he says, we've lost the creativity of Payne and McCurdy. The replacements have big boots to fill. Um, (sighs) Shade has been ineffective is probably understatement of the season. Yep. Um, and needless to say me and you were running out of ways I mean to be fair to him he was only on the pitch for about 15-20 minutes but me and you ran out of ways to say how ineffective he was in that game uh, but then a lot of people were but what I was really struggling to understand is when you're st- even just your starting 11 contains Darcy contains Gladwin, contains Williams how can there be so little creativity? I was discussing with Matt, the Stevenage fan that came on last week he said that he thought that the difference really is we needed a striker. I said, I couldn't disagree more. I think we've got two perfectly good strikers, but nobody creating anything. We're, we're wasting Wakeling out wide because yeah. he's not yeah. a winger. And, and Jeff Cott is getting absolutely zero service.
3: Well, if you look, if, if you I mean, like you say, Jacob Wakling he's not a winger. Um Johnny Williams, theoretically, isn't a a winger either. He's like a number 10, really. He he usually, he always has been, really. Um, And Shade, like, uh, I think it was at Mark that said it. um, it, He's just ineffective. And really, that's the one thing that I think we've lacked on uh, in transfers this season. Um, We've got no real creativity. I mean, when you've got a player like Payne, who, who is a born number 10, but he, he, like you say, he's creative. He he's, he creates the play. He, he puts it on a plate for uh, strikers. I mean, the rapport that McCurdy and Payne had last season, I don't see that this season. I don't see uh, two players having that same connection. It's like Kevin De Bruyne and Erling Haaland at, at Man City. They've got a rapport. Last season, it was McCurdy and Payne. Um do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and Payne, De Bruyne and Haaland, very similar. I'm, just, I, I'm saying, what I'm, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that every team has it or every team that um, creates the play should have that kind of combination. And, you know, I think that's one thing I think we have sort of lacked on. And I think that's one thing that's biting us uh, in the butt at the moment. Um, and also, I think that's where we're not scoring as many goals as well. Like, uh, we, with our home games we're sort of scraping through it and even against doncaster away we sort of scraped that as well with a 1-0 win and it actually has been ben gladwin that's been setting up these goals i mean like it's 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 weird to think like we don't have a, uh, like an out and out winger that's creating things for us and um it, it it is a bit of a shame but also i think it's something that we need to work around as well um in terms of shade um Don't really know what else I can say about him, to be honest with you. He just lacks enthusiasm. He, like, (laughs) (laughs) that's being generous. It's me putting it the nicest way possible. He lacks enthusiasm. He gets the ball and he thinks he's going to beat every man. And yet, actually, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. Um, (laughs) And when he does beat a man, he just like strolls, like, with his... his body language, his attitude is all wrong. He thinks. I think he thinks he's better than this uh, football club. That's my personal opinion. Because he had such a good season at Warsaw last season. He thinks, right? Well, if I had such a good season, I mean, I didn't see much of him play at Warsaw last season, but from what I've heard, that he was like their best player or something like that. Um, so maybe he thinks he's better than this league. I d- I don't know. But personally, for me. Um, I, I'm not, I'm obviously not a fan. I know Woody's not a fan. Um, I'm not a fan. Uh, Fife is not a fan. Nick's not a fan. I don't know. Nick's a fan. Nick likes
2: him. I'm Nick likes him, No. I, I, I don't, I don't like oh, I'm not going to say it.
3: I, 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 <laughs> I, do, I do know Ned. Be very Ned careful
1: as, here, Nick. <laughs> I will.
3: <laughs> I do know Ned as a fan, though. <laughs> Ned is a fan. But um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, for me, for me personally, I. Uh, somebody like Hutton, for example, who's a fullback, like he like the last 15-20 minutes, we had that fullback of Stevenage on toast, and he was running past them and he was actually trying to create things. Yeah. But I don't see that from anybody else. So I was actually gonna say, because I I, I
0: appreciate I can come across as negative when I go for all these things that were that are wrong. Um I did want to say that Hutton and Gladwin were two of the better players on the pitch combined. Not not just our better players. They were definitely our two best players, but they were two of the better players on the pitch generally. Um, unfortunately, there was just not much else around them happening. Um, there was an interesting comment made, and I'm just going to flash it back up on the screen. And, and Joe, I'll start with you, and I'll throw it over to to Woody as well, because it links into a um, an interesting question that was asked on Twitter. And, and again, me and Ben may have had a little... Um, minor disagreement and it has to be said before anyone thinks any differently me and ben get on like a house on fire i don't want anyone to think that we are always just like this but we do have differing opinions on certain elements of football And if you'd like to listen to how different our opinions could be definitely go back to last night's lower league look when ben was being very positive and i was having none of it back on the subject um we throw a lot of crosses in to to nobody. The question was asked on Twitter: Is Jeff got getting a free ride early doors? Um, because we're not really creating anything for him to work off. So fine, that might explain why he's not really hit the ground running. But you look at someone say like Davidson, who got a lot of stick last year, but was a real workhorse. Mm-hmm. You don't really see the same from Jeff got so far, and and the critics aren't really out for him yet. No,
4: they're not. But I think we will.
0: We will.
4: Yeah, I think we will. Well, we can hope that we will. But um no, I think Jeff got. Uh, it's one of those things. Have we got the time to give him? Um, I, I I don't know. I'm on the fence with Jeff. I don't know. I, I I don't know where I stand with him. But Hutton, for me personally, he has improved game on game on game, and he's put yeah. his peachy little balls right where they need to be. But there's just nobody on the end of it. Nobody mm. at all.
0: I would argue a lot of the crosses on Saturday were, were either not beating the first man or going far too far the other side. But that I agree there is definitely a player there and he is improving game on game. Rich, you want to come in on Hudson there?
3: Yeah, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, his crosses were going way too far.
0: Um, how about you, Woody? What, what's your take on the Jeffcott question?
1: Um, I haven't really seen enough of him to be fair but my expectations weren't particularly high <laughs> definitely not the answer um but my, be my surprised cuz he <laughs> would have made a hell of a difference um in what way um, in but, what way he would have
0: given them some. he would have caused them some sort of bother he would have made them do something I I could
1: I could cause Stevenage a bit of bother that doesn't mean you're going to bring me on in the 80th <laughs> minute but the Last um, time but yeah i <laughs> i, I what was, the last, what was the last what was the last home game um newport uh, newport sorry the one before that saturday home game northampton. um northampton that's the one and i just think that we didn't i think we played about two crosses that game um you know in terms of the amount of times that <laughs> the amount of times that you know gladwin williams yeah, XYZ were in positions where they could put the ball in the box. Um, is Jeff got going to again? I wasn't overly excited. I was happy that we signed him. I thought he signed him more as a backup to Wakeland than what it seems that he is being um, kind of our starting number nine. Um, but yeah, I think the way the way that I can only really look at it is he's not scoring as many goals as we thought he was going to. I'm not going to get on his back yet because if you if if Saturday is a true reflection, then we played crap. Then we can't just single out Jeff Cott. You know, it's. Oh, <laughs> you know, no, definitely if, not. If the, if the whole team's playing crap, then, uh, then we we shouldn't just look at Jeff Cott in that situation. But um, yeah, but I think, you know, you look at the points about that were made about creativity earlier. Jeff Cott's not just about getting on the end of crosses. Jeff Cott should be in and around the box to receive through balls. He should be there. He's an experienced player. He should be able to create his own goals as well. You know, that, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to create his own goals as well, get the ball into feet, turn a player. You know, uh, we didn't have a single shot on target, I think, is it, on Saturday? Um, well, apparently it, we had 10 shots and I was struggling to work out where they were. Well, if it's, if they were anything like the Darcy shot that I saw in the highlights, then we didn't have yes, much... Yes, that, that's exactly what they were. The, 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 the one that true. kind of trickled past the post. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, but that says it all, but without looking at the whole game, like you say you don't remember a shot so that says to me that we didn't get the ball in and around the area um so is the service there or is Jeffcott not getting his runs right you know it's both I think it could be yeah it could be a bit of both or did Edge have a master game plan on it I, you know no. you guys would probably better better to answer that one they, they um, didn't have to work hard at all and that was the problem it was
0: it was pedestrian and it was predictable
3: but the thing yeah. is, we didn't work around it there. I mean, they had a high press, and we were still passing it short. Every team that's going to come to us this season is going to is, knows our game plan because we're going to be playing out from the back. Teams know that now, and they're just like, right, strikers go up, keep them pressing. And this is and this is where this is where yeah. I feel that we're not
1: playing out from the back properly because you should be able to still play out from the back with a high press against high press it just changes the style you know there's nothing wrong with a ball going over the top when you're when you've when you're playing out from the back you know because if they've got high press that normally means there's midfielders left without and you know midfielders wingers that are left unmarked so what we need the problem with playing out from the back is we don't have the players to do it that is my and i've said that all season i don't think McDonald's the right player i don't think um even Bowdry um Even Clayton, to a certain extent, I don't think we've got the right players to be able to play out from the back. Yes, if they want to continue working on it, let's do it. But on the other side of the pitch, like you say, it's a. I think it's a bit early for us to judge Jeff Jeff Cop. I do 100% agree with Joe. I do think that we're Swindon fans, or in fact, most fan bases will. We we probably did. You know, we're we put our hopes on him a little bit, and we're probably going to. uh, You know, start slating him. If he doesn't start scoring goals, you wait until he misses a sitter, then we'll be all over him because it will happen. He'll miss a sitter, he'll miss one six yards out. Um, But yeah, I just think um, some, I don't want to dwell too much because I'm not overly disappointed with the result, but I am disappointed by the how we played, by the sound of how we played. You know, listening to on the radio, it sounded dire. Um, And we need to sort that out first. You know, we, we, we need to become Stevenage. we need to become kind of a team that can play ugly and still win the game because i don't i don't give a shit about playing nice football in league 2 i think was has said it before we do play quite attractive football when it look when it works but the problem is i still think that 50% of this season it hasn't worked and we and need rest. to and the rest yeah arguably especially if you look at all the draws um but we we need to we need to just get out of this league and i think i don't care how we do it just get out of this league. I don't care if it's hoofball. Jeff Cott is a, is a it could be a target, he could be part target man, part striker, whatever, but let's just start playing to player strengths. Don't, st- don't stick to one style of play. Let's just get ourselves out of this league. And at the moment, if we play anything like we did on Saturday, it isn't going to happen. So but I want to that's...
0: applaud the comment there about um, not necessarily disappointed in the result at the end, but disappointed in the way we played. Um, and without going is the same behind the fourth wall too much, um, Nick? I'll, I'll bring you in here because there was a very strong discussion amongst us after the game in in the chat about mentality and over various different things. So, to, to give an insight into some of the comments that were made that I was particularly disagreeing with, um, anyone who goes into that game, regardless of how well Stevenage have done this season, and said. I'm not disappointed we lost because I thought we were going to lose. That is not the right mentality. You do not go into any league game. I do not care. I mean, I think Rich was saying before we went live, we played Man City last year. We knew what was going to happen, yet we all went there still
3: believing there was a chance we would commit a, a shock. Sorry, you know? I, 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 sorry if i just I I, I got to say my piece just very, very quickly on this. And then I'll see. <laughs> Hashtag. Oh, you get a hashtag hashtag. A <laughs> no, sorry. Um <laughs> yeah, if, if any football fan has that mentality going into a game, oh yeah, we're gonna lose, then what is the point? Do you know what I mean? I just don't get it. I,
2: Every, I completely
3: agree. If you're, support, if you're supporting a football team, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, um, you yeah, you just you go with it and you hope that maybe your team can pull off a miracle we we shouldn't have had to pull off a miracle against a team like stevenage. stevenage and that's no disrespect to stevenage no absolutely not but stevenage is stevenage i mean they were on the brink of getting relegated to uh the conference a couple of seasons ago and if by some bloody miracle they managed to stay they managed to stay in the football league but now they're on the brink of uh, well i mean it's still early days it's October for god's sake but i mean they're they're obviously top of the league now but i just i just absolutely do not get anybody's mentality of a football fan thinking that oh yeah we're going into this game we're going to lose we don't care no, I, I
0: completely agree. And and sorry, Nick, did you want to say something on that before I say some of the other examples that we discussed? Yeah,
2: Well, there's a couple of things. One, just going back to the Jetcock debate. Um, personally, I think the problem is uh, the way we're playing. I think he needs to be a, in a front two. Um, yep. Reading the comments from when he was at Plymouth and some of their fans put on there. Don't expect him to be running all over the place he's not a davidson totally different player davidson ran his guts out from our six yard box to their six yard box and he he, w- he was a workhorse jeff Cott's totally different to that he's the poacher he needs to be in and around the penalty spot and if we don't get the ball to him he's got no chance and we haven't been getting the ball to him so um he was getting isolated like already been said wakeling on the wing is a waste um from what we've seen so they need to play a, a front two now whether they do that by going back three which probably none of us really like um but that's an option or we we play with a diamond I think it could still work i yeah, still it could genuinely still believe and, a back three and, could work. play with a diamond but the the, the, co- the comment from rich is about fans going there saying oh well we'll probably lose this game to be honest it i don't doesn't matter a shit what the fans think going into a game. It's what the players think. I mean, we did not compete in that game, and as no. I said, and it's already been said by others, we've been far too nice from from the first minute. We should have clattered somebody, and we should have <laughs> said, "We're going to match you. We're going to match you." You know, fight on, fight. And we didn't do it, and, and they rolled. They just rolled us over, and we haven't got that nasty streak. They were playing a typical Steve Evans, dark arts, all over the pitch. And we haven't got it in us at the moment to do that. And unless we start competing with League Two teams on that basis, you've got to earn the right to play football. And we try and play nice football from minute one. And if we don't get the early goal and got something to work with, then, you know, that's where our problems are. So any team would tell you, any manager would tell you, that you have to earn that right. To play your play your pretty football so we've got to change how we play how we start games and uh, if we do that you know we've got some bloody good players i mean that's that's the most frustrating thing on paper and i know i know you don't win games on paper but we have got a good side and we should be competing for top three so um you know and it's down to the mentality of the players
3: yeah, just going on that point, Nick. Literally, uh, exactly what you just said. There. I mean, uh, so my under tens played on Sunday morning. We were two 0 down. We were too nice. Literally, they were uh, they were just going into challenges and just like not caring. Half time, I said, and I uh, said to them like, "We got to be stronger, okay? They're putting in two footed challenges, okay? Let's not do that, but let's just bully them off the ball a little bit. Let's just put a few shoulders in." And guess what? We got back into the game and we yeah. won't you up. Do you know what I mean? It's game changing moments like that. Like if you just say, right, let's be a little bit more aggressive, it doesn't matter what foot what age group, what football you Yeah, do. I agree. As long as you show that aggressiveness, as long as you have that mentality going into a football match, saying, Right, I wanna be aggressive, okay, then yeah. There's no reason as to why you can't win a game of football by having that kind of aggression in your team. Um, Joe, I'm, I'm interested. In, I, I want to give you a couple more examples
0: of things we discussed. At the, oh, Woody's had enough of this. Woody, Woody's done. He's done Woody's, Woody's done. He's had his bit. Um, I want to give you a couple more examples of some of the comments that I saw and how I reacted to them. But before I do, I want to pick up on something Nick said, if I may. And it was the it was the phrase "dark arts" because me, Nick, and Rich. Uh, mentioned this a few times um, on Saturday. And, and one of the ones in particular that I was interested in, because, I, I, you know, I admit, I don't get to go to half as many games as I'd like to, so I asked Rich's opinion on this, so I'd be interested in yours as well, Joe. Um, Wakelin was getting tugged and pulled and, and pushed all over the shop. He's a youthful, honest, energetic player. I'm not an advocate for going down easy, but going down at all sometimes, if you're not getting anything, is the only way to go. Now, I know that's considered a dark art, but if we're going to persist in playing him out there, is that something he's going to learn how to, or going to have to learn how to do?
4: Um, I think he, he's got no choice, has he really? Um, I think he's, you know, if you look at, like you said, the way he's, he's already being pushed and pulled and thrown around the pitch, um it's, it's going to have to toughen up. It's just unfortunate that that's the way it is in league too, isn't it? You know, um, again, we just need. It's almost like you want to say, you you know, you need a bigger pair of balls to just go in there and go, no, you know, we're not going to be pushed around. They do need to be a bit more aggressive. Um, how that's done, I I don't know. I haven't got a clue. I'm far too nice, you see. I do. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, it's fine. But no, they do. They they do need to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, that's been quite apparent from from the beginning, I think. <laughs>
0: I've, I've been asked if uh, if Woody and Joe swapping sides of the screen is a tactical switch.
1: <laughs> I'd like to say yes, but it was actually just my fat
3: fingers pressing leave instead of more. <laughs> I wish we had done that to Williams and Weikl at the weekend.
2: <laughs> yeah, good point, Matt. Yeah. yeah, or
3: just log one of them off
0: for ten seconds and swap sides. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> um, okay here's, here's a couple more Examples then of, of things I saw Not necessarily from the Fool's Rushing guys But just things I saw generally uh, And how I reacted to them So we've already discussed I thought we'd lose And I, I don't accept that um, There was a comment made And we all know who said this That maybe I, I I Could have calmed down a little bit Because it's three defeats in 13 And I said no It's two defeats in three <laughs> Three in 13 was one of the worst things that could have been said to me at that point. I was having none of it whatsoever. Um, the point was made, and it's a very valid point. There is a lot of good stuff going on off the pitch at Swindon Town at the moment. So if we have to, you know, suck it up and, and go again, then so be it. I said, no, every year we should be looking to progress regardless. Um, now, yes, we are progressing off the pitch but the the bread and butter of a football club is what happens on the pitch. So if we're not achieving more than we did last year, then for me, it's a failure. And and I said, if you offer me the chance to either be completely debt-free, but five more years in League Two, or have the same level of debt we have now, but playing in League One, there's only one winner for me there. Um, And and that is promotion to League One. Um, What's... I understand and I appreciate that there will be people because I've been guilty of it in the past. There will always be people who look for the uber positive, Joe. You can you can have both, can't you? You can be positive, but still see the negatives.
4: Uh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I think you, you, you were very, very right when you said that, you know, yes, it's wonderful that we are getting rid of the debt and it's wonderful that we're doing all this in the community and everything else. But you've heard it from the players yourselves, you know, when they've been on the podcast or the, you know, various other platforms saying that their ultimate goal is to get out of League Two. They want to get up there. They want to go into League One. You know, that's what they want. And I think the majority of fans, if you ask the fans, would want exactly the same. So, yeah, marvellous. But should we be concentrating on the pitch? I absolutely agree with you 100% Fifey.
0: So, um, I'll throw it open to all of you, and uh, Woody's disappeared for the moment, so I'll start with you, Nick. Um, <laughs> Joe's disappeared as well, there she is. We didn't
4: um, disappear together, it's quite
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with you, Nick, then. The, the, the burning question in all of this is, how do we solve our problem of being consistently inconsistent?
2: Oh, blimey, if I could answer that, I'd be a top manager. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look, it's I think it's a mental attitude with the players and whether they've gone into those games thinking we've got good players. Technically, we're good and we play our football and football will win and we will win the game. And I think that's possibly part of the problem. Um, As I say, we've got to go in there and impose Swindon's way of playing on the opposition but you've got, as I said earlier, just repeating what I've said earlier, we've got to earn that right. And we haven't been doing it so far this season. And, you know, we, we, we did it last season. What is it? The last four games? I mean, unfortunately, I didn't see any of those because uh, I was sat in a bloody hospital bed. Um, but, um, you know, town worked their guts out and, and earned the right to win those games. And, and that's what what's, that's exactly what we've got to do. But go, going back to what you were talking about earlier, Fifey, whether we want to be debt free and improve improve things in and around the ground, or go to promotion. If I'd been relegated now, it's down to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, no,
0: you'll never be relegated, thank mate. You.
2: Um, if you if you look at the number of teams over the uh, however many seasons you want to look at that have spent millions of pounds on their grounds. And the teams have gone down and out of leagues because they haven't invested in the players. And there's nothing more important than getting that playing staff correct and going up the leagues. I'd rather we keep the town end for the next five years if we can get in league one and and above. And then, and then invest in redeveloping the town end. Um, you know, there's teams like Coventry that have, been in and out of divisions, spent you know, brand new ground. Um, you know, there's loads of them out of that 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 ground, gone back to the ground, yeah, moved out, out the back, ground, you know, yeah, exactly. And, and then they, they haven't invested invest in, in the players, play. and yeah. that's that's the bread and butter. And you know, we get a winning team, and you'll get more people through the gate, and then you will get more income. Um, let's get that right first, let's get out of this poxy league, too.
3: See. On so that, and I don't know if it's the point you were going to make, one.
0: Rich. I, 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 genuinely believe they have invested in the team,
3: though. I, I think they have. I mean, it, it wasn't the point I was going to make, but yeah, just quickly on that. Oh no, I've been running. again. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, just on that though. Yeah, we have well, we've we've paid for players this season. That's that's a change in itself. Okay, uh, but um, the the point I was quickly going to make is um, just going back onto the teams of. Um, like their investment into the actual grounds and stuff like that. You look like a, you look at a team like Bournemouth, for example, who have done nothing to their ground and just clearly invested in the players and the coaching staff, and they're in the Premier League. Okay, they're nowhere near is their stadium worth to be Premier League, considering <laughs> more capacity than our ground. But having said that, though, they make it work. So. Do I think, OK, it it's, it would be great to see the stadium and it would be more appealing. But I think their strategy of how they've got to where they need to be, OK, we, we might not be as rich as um, Bournemouth, but definitely we we know we've got a good strategy in place to be able to build young players up and get them to where they need to be get money, get investment, like Nick said, get more fans in the ground. Uh, That would be a great start. And we've spoken about this as well at the start of the season uh, when we were talking about debts and everything like that and the fact that now the debentures have all been settled and stuff like that. It, it, It does make it interesting to see what Clem is going to do in January and maybe next summer as well, depending on where we are. Uh, and where we're based, but I think, um, this early on in the season, uh, I still feel as if, as, and as much as Woody hates to hear the word, I'm gonna say it anyway. Oh, um, don't <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm not gonna say it, but no, <laughs> I yeah, what 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 we can start to see in this Lindsay team is that we are starting to uh play good football and we are starting to get a few results here and there. Okay, we're not going to get the consistent run of games, but uh, there's definitely progression in this team and there's definitely positives. And I think we say about Lindsay, obviously he's not had that. He's, this is his first ever like proper managerial appointment as well. He's still learning things as well. He's learning game on game on game on game. So it's um, interesting to see the fact that we lost against Northampton, we beat Newport, we lost against Stevenage. Okay, well, what's he going to do now for uh, Colchester at home? And are we going to get a result at Colchester? I hope, it, I, hope you not, to. I hope it's not <laughs> going
0: to
3: be a I hope it's not going to be as bumpy season like that, but I think we've all got to sort of have that realistic point of view that it it could possibly be that way. Um it's an interesting one,
0: um, because it, it links into both points, Woody. With regards to the recruitment um, and and then Lindsay, we were stood there, um, the, the three of us, and we were baffled by some of the substitutions. But when you think about it, the, the options that we really wanted stroke needed to have at that time aren't available, whether it's through not having them at the club or you know, certain players being injured, etc. And and you know that um a couple of us were, were having a discussion again about whether the recruitment was has been good or not, et cetera, in terms of the whole squad, not the for that game specifically. Um, but but how do you look at it? Because when you see play, you know, you're losing 2-0 against the team at the top of the table, a team who, despite what some people who you know, we we really do appreciate and respect, but they 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 say some things like we should respect Steven itch for being top of the league. No. Um, how how do I phrase this? The players weren't there to make the changes yet. Lindsay's still going to get questioned for the changes. Like we, we've all said, you know, about shade coming up, but we don't have a better option than him at the moment. You know, Morphe Morphy Richards is, is out injured. Um, so that, that option isn't there. We're, we're playing our, our two main strikers adoloi still some way from being available he would be a different option but is it a case of the the pieces are there but there you know we have a couple of key injuries or or have we not quite got that recruitment bit right yet
1: i think um i think i've understood your question i think i think um, yeah i confused myself halfway through how i was going to try and phrase it <laughs> I think I think I think we got the recruitment right. I do generally think we have got the recruitment right. Um, as as a player, is a manager is liable to make a mistake? You know, a manager could make a change, and you know it, it could be a mistake. And that uh, that from Danny there, that comment there, hundred percent agree with that. Um, around, well. you know, he's not brand new to football. He's not brand new to management. He would have had his ear in Ghana, He would have had his mouth in Garner's ear last last year. Um, but the um, I think Sometimes you know we look at it and we say we're, we're reflecting on how bad the performance Was you know and sometimes if you Just play really bad it doesn't matter who you've Got on the bench or whatever um, I do you know I uh, Was um, The lad from Banbury was he on the bench
0: um, I don't no. remember no. His name being announced no, okay. no. Okay. I'd have okay. to check
1: yeah, because I just think you that, keep like, talking.
0: I'll double check.
1: Yeah, so I just think I'm. I'm going to assume he wasn't, but you know, I just the only time I get concerned is when we end up, you know, making a big deal out of getting these players in and then not using them. You know, we did it. We've done it before, um, and I think if you if, if the attacking options aren't doing anything, you do change the attack. If we're not if we're not having enough shots on goal, you do change the attack is shade the answer i'm sorry but no he's not the answer to any problems in my opinion um but have so, we got the recruitment sorry carry sorry. on going to say have we got the recruitment wrong because we lost to stevenage no um we but the you know we a couple of games ago we're talking that we've won three game we've won three games in a row and all of a sudden the recruitment's brilliant and, and all of this stuff so I think this is why I'm trying not to get so hung up on the Stevenage result because I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that it is just a really shit performance and we've lost our game. But and it is funny because our dear friend, our dear, dear friend, who meant, you know, we talk about the must wins and the need wins. The problem is, is when you do play badly and you lose, all of a sudden these need wins become must wins. You know, we I think there was talk about how Colchester and Hartlepool were opportunities for us. Um, yeah, don't, sorry, ben. Don't even start. I hope, like you, on hope that. You listen, I hope he listens. Opportunities, no, they are must-wins. You drop points, the next game. I mean, for me, every game's a must-win. if you drop points, the next game is a must-win. It doesn't <laughs> matter whether you draw or lose. You have to have to have to recover. Um, but so just on the on the point you were you were making there, Woody, I've
0: got it up now. So the, the subs bench as of uh that, that we had at the week um, on Saturday was Bran, Shade, Lavinia, Aguiar, Iandolo, Brennan and Reed. So for me, there's one out and out attacking option there and that's Shade.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a potential squad selection issue. So yeah. Could you look at, uh, look at Lindsay in that situation? We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Did Aguiar come on? I think he did, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, he did. Um, you know and did reed come on i feel i did listen to the game honest (laughs) no he never came on listen to the game um but yeah so you know even even a change of style in terms of bringing someone like reed on could you know could be an identifier to you know if Khan's not playing very well take him off for reed at the end of the day put reed back in there um you know we said the same the other way around about Reed's not playing very well. I was glad that he was dropped in some ways because it shows he's not
3: you know he's', he's not
1: indestructible, yeah, he's not undroppable um but yeah it's to, to answer the original question, I don't think i think this, i think the recruitment's been fine i think we we will need to recruit again in January. I think we will need to potentially have a look at. If we're going to continue with this style of play, we need to look at the players we've got. We've got to bear in mind that Williams will be returning from the from the World Cup, depending on how far Wales get, um, and all of this kind of stuff. But I think we we talk about gelling. Uh, I know Rich said it earlier. There's no coincidence. Stevenage did all of their business. Re- did all of their business really early. We, you know, I said that at the beginning when we did the predictions pod. Um, Stephen did all of their business really early, so that that's got to be linked into the fact that they're hanging around at the top of the table, you know. So it's um, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It depends. For me, if we bring in somebody to replace Shade, then we will. You know, it's nothing against the guy personally, but I'm sorry, but that guy, that guy is not not what we need. He might be a good footballer, but he's not what we need. So
0: let's round off this topic then Joe by asking you the same question we asked Nick how do we solve this consistency problem
4: um, I don't know I honestly don't know um, I am I don't know I've got I've, I don't know <laughs> well
0: that, that's fair enough none of us really know. We're just, no. we're just spouting stuff In the hope that something makes sense And someone else just nods and agrees, really
4: Yeah, I don't I, I have no idea I really don't, honestly uh,
0: Danny has tweeted A picture saying the star of tonight's podcast And it's just uh, Woody and Joe's screens constantly going off <laughs> 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 the black <card> <laughs> um, We're not going off together,
4: honestly <laughs>
0: let's uh, initiations well, considering i mean no one else could see what you've just put there woody but considering what you have just typed in the in the secondary chat we then get woody speaking nothing but sense <laughs> it's not a that's i think a, that's a, more that's for a, the please to, the to get woody massive. some love in the chat because normally you go that's... without anyone commenting, it's always nick yeah. and warren and ned so we got a, it's woody's night tonight
1: yeah that's the Queen down massive looking out for me that is <laughs> and uh and
0: there is the answer to the problem when we find our best 11 we'll find consistent form uh let's move on then um and today uh there is today is mental health awareness day um something that we've spoken a lot about um on various podcasts we've done specials about it um, I know Woody's mentioned it before as well, and, and we've all spoken about different different elements to do. <laughs> we've all spoken about different elements to do with with our own personal stories. And football, I find it it works both ways, doesn't it? That a lot of people will say there's a a lot people do struggle at football because there's a lot of negativity, particularly with social media and how big it's got, but it can also be a tool for people. And, and when you say mental health, it's, it's not just people who are suffering with depression. It's people with anxiety. It's people with addiction issues. And it doesn't even have to be that far in extreme. Um, it, It can just be people who are low for, for whatever reason. And, and I don't know about about all of you, but for me, it seems whenever there's been something like important life moments, good and bad, Swindon Town have always been there in the background, kind of thing. I, uh, a, an example I've given before is when I found out that my my partner at the time was was pregnant with our son. Um, I was very young. Um, I I went through a you know doubting whether I was going to be capable of doing it. And it just so happened the day I found out Swindon had a friendly. I, I was at the county ground an hour before, sat on my own, had a bit of a cry, but I felt better afterwards. But but Swindon was my safe place. The county ground was my safe place to be able to go and do that an hour before kickoff. Um, Joe, I know for yourself, you you sort of spoken to me about this as well. And and Swindon Town as a, as a deep association to you when it comes to mental health.
4: Yeah, i mean i'm not i don't shy away from talking about my mental health issues and um clearly from you know what you can hear with my accent wise i'm not swindonian um and i've been here for quite some time but it wasn't actually until um i found town and started going with my husband and my son and you know getting up in the don rogers meeting people in the legends um coming out like and, and chatting to people on twitter and that sort of thing i'd never actually called Swindon my home i felt lonely i all i wanted to do was be back in the midlands um but really i've i've made so many good friends and contacts through through Swindon town football club that you know it, it is my actual safe haven um and i love it i absolutely love it i didn't never think I used to play football a long time ago, but then I was married to a Manchester United supporter that was a proper Manchester United supporter, um, which kind of made my life a little bit hell. And um, I kind of put football to the back of well, of everything and, and concentrated on having babies and whatnot. But as soon as I found town, it was it was like I could call Swindon home, and and that's a, that was a massive thing for me a massive thing. I mean, and, and almost as well post pandemic, because I used to be confident and I used to enjoy meeting people and, and everything. I think those two years where everybody had to sort of stay at home and I sort of went quite introvert. And it's only recently that I've started, you know, getting out and about again and, and having the confidence to talk to people. And a lot of that is thankful to to Swindon, you know, I've got involved with the um, Fit Fans. Um, thing on you know the, the ladies night once a week on a Wednesday and I've met some fantastic people You know we know sponsor the football club um, So I've got to go to sponsors dinner and Every single person that I've come into contact with has been so welcoming and so friendly That again I'll say it just one more time if I'm finally calling Swindon my home and that's purely thankful from Swindon Tennis Football Club
0: and And you can really hear in your voice when you say that, Joe, just to how personal that particular journey and, and how big a part it is for you. Um, Woody, I mentioned there both sides of the coin, how it how it can be, how football can play a both, both a very positive and particularly negative part on on people's mental health. How, you know, you're involved in football. How How do you find football deals with this kind of thing?
1: Um, Well, first of all, thank you, Jane. That was that was lovely. uh, From from what you said there, Um, the I think. Excuse me. There we go. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, 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 I think. um, How does football deal with it? I don't think football will ever have the answer to how to deal with the negativity. Um I think that is primarily down to the social media companies um but I don't think they'll be able to rein it in forever either. I think technology is just so advanced now. um <coughs> excuse me, I'm gonna need more than a mental health in a minute um but the um the but clubs are doing their bits, you know, like in terms of encouraging positive social media and things like that um and uh, you know, I agree with with what Joe was saying in terms of it it does have a spin i mean over lockdown even not having swindon um from my point of view um not coaching not having that release that i could go away from the working day and just coach and be happy in that environment rich will probably you know say the same it, it almost becomes mental health is so much related to routine and if football is part of your life football is part of your routine and um i think that's why so many people struggled um yes okay you know the negative effect comes from the fact there's so much more exposure now and even if you think of exposure to the limits of behind the scenes documentaries and things like that we're starting to see what goes on really in managers heads players heads staffs heads and all this kind of stuff and it all started you know you think about the sunday until i die documentary on them on netflix that really went into some dark places in terms of like where people were what they were thinking and i think although it's brilliant to see those insights, it almost comes to um, a fool's demise because you sit there and you go, oh, I know what's happening behind the scenes. There. And people naturally assume. And then you get that negative social media because people are assuming something bad is going on. So they're going to start rumours and they're going to make people into those negative mindsets and, and things like that. And I think, you know, Nick Nick brushed upon it brilliantly. We joke and we laugh about um, Shade, you know, in, in terms of our opinions on him as a footballer. Um but it's so easy now to get rid of the football element and just put in the mental element and put in the person element. And I think that's where we as a society haven't really got the balance yet. I think we sometimes too many people will type before, you know, we all heard of the saying, you know, you speak, but you know, you speak before your brain actions or whatever. There's still a lot of people there will type before they actually think about what they're typing and how that's going to impact. Um, And I think, you know the FA Respect campaigns and all the social media campaigns are trying to do across sport in general is really good. Um, Rich will tell you from my days at Abingdon, I'm a massive fan of social media in terms of its impact in football, in terms of what it can do. Um, I, I still think there's more positivity than there is negativity, um, but the problem is, is the light shines on negativity; it yeah. never it, it never shines on positivity, um, and I think when i think as a as a friend when you're looking out on social media people will use social media now to kind of put those hidden messages and um, kind of i'm not okay but they won't actually say i'm not okay so that's kind of a plea and thing from you know whether it's you know your friend who's normally okay who or your enemy that's normally okay that's now you know not them normal selves we need to use social media for that platform to turn a negative into a positive so people can see that there is you know there are people out there We've said many a times, even if you hate what we say on Fools Rush In, you know, if you're not in a good place, message one of us. You know, we're we we're, we're we're always gonna, you know, be there for it. And I think football clubs are really getting into that now. Swindon Town women in particular, we obviously we went into contract with um get a name right, I think it's Willow Grove, they're called now, um, the mental health thing. We did that because we thought it's such a big part of the game now for players, staff, fans, everything. Um, You know, mental health helplines and things like that are always a phone call away. Um, And, you know, that and that's what football clubs and sports clubs are doing really well now is they're partnering up with these kind of consultancies and EAPs. I I bet you that nearly everybody on this channel has got an EAP through their work, you know, but they just don't know it because it's not advertised enough. And um, but, yeah, so it's, it's really just about really continuing to push that positive message out. Um, because every negative can turn into a positive, I've always said that all my life. I've said every negative can turn into a positive. Um, and I think as a football fan base, we just need to be there. Everybody's got the same interest, you know. One thing that does always happen when something really bad happens in football, people all have said rivalries, people are right, exactly. People, rivalries are gone and all that. Yes, you get the occasional dickhead that decides I'm going to post something really bad on Twitter to get a reaction, but. You know, there's so many more people that are there going, we're here for you, rather than people trying to slag you off.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, just picking up on a couple of things you said there, if you think right back to when we first started this, the main reason when we when we very first started was because fans couldn't go to football. And it just allowed, like, I was up here sort of isolated by myself in Leicestershire couldn't get to games cuz meanwhile well, no one could get to games you guys were all there you know mostly season ticket holders couldn't go to games anymore we were all watching the streams and stuff and and it just gave us that chance to to talk about the games the way that we always used to um the majority of us never knew each other before this and now we we as you say through football and through adversity that was covid we've we've got friends and and included in that I, I I think about the likes of yourself Joe we've got Danny Mike um, Claire you know everyone who who interacts with us on a on a regular basis this is the first time you know we we get to meet people like yourself properly and and say hi um, but you you know the names you know the personalities and and with that's through football that you get to do that and um, And something else you said, Woody, is very right. Without naming names, because they wouldn't want me to name names, we have had um, messages from people thanking us for doing the podcast. Not because we're the greatest pod, you know, we're not under the cosh. We're not the Peter Crouch podcast. We're not any of these high-end podcasts. But we've had messages because some people like what we do. It resonates with them and it... If they're in a, if they're feeling down or they're in a bad place, um, you know they, they appreciate it and and we have had messages of thanks for that. Um, Nick, I'm sure you won't mind me saying, prior to, to being a regular panelist, you've you've had well documented health issues and and you came on after we reached out saying, look, we know you've been in hospital. Are you okay? Because you were kind of just at home, not being able to do anything.
2: Yeah, 100% Fifey and really, if just somebody saying exactly that, uh, how are you? Are you okay? Just That just means so much. People you don't know, you've never met. Um, yeah, out of the blue, I had a heart attack, totally out of the blue. Um, it was a massive shock, obviously, to myself and the family. Um, But people just come in online in in the Internet. And we all know can be a horrible place at times. But I found so many positives out of it. And I'll I'll give you a couple of examples. One, when I got home, um, I had the uh, um, Deakin's clock, um, put a picture up on the Internet. And I got 300 likes for that. I mean, which was like, geez, you know, there's 300 people out there looking at it and thinking, you know, that's really good for you. you. You've come home from hospital. You've got somebody that bucks you up, and people are saying, "I like that." And and just if you have an opportunity, and you see somebody's struggling, and they post something, and you just make contact and say, "You know, talk to me, give me a shout. Are you okay?" That means so much. In it's you know, it's hard to put into words what it means to somebody. In what it meant to me. And before I come on on the pod, um, and I had messages. Um, probably through yourself, Fifey from Fools Rush In, saying, hey, how you doing, pal? And, you know, never met you, you know, didn't really know much about it. But just those few words make a hell of a difference. And and what you're saying about this pod being able to do good, um, and I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning his name. A few weeks ago, Paddy Stavros put, on, put out there, oh, feeling a bit rough, chest is hurting, I'm going to sit in the conservatory. I said to him, "Get yourself checked out. Just do it, and make sure you do." And, and again, he put a note out a few days ago saying that um, I gave him some good medical advice. Now, to be able to do that, and it's all through the pod in Swindon Town, and it's you know Swindon Town fans looking after their own. In just those few words, makes such a difference. And you know, to me, that's the positives of what we do, and like. You know, like Fifey said, we have the good cracking. We're like mates down the pub, taking the piss out of each other, talking football shit. But there are so many more important things in there. And just being available, you know, we've said it enough times. You've said it, Fifey, Woody, Rich, everybody. If you want to contact us, just to say, you know, I'm struggling. What do you reckon? And, and we will do all we can to help simple as that and and from that point of view I think it's absolutely brilliant and it's helped me um you know I'm I'm, I think myself is a fairly level-headed person and I have you know I don't think I've really suffered um with mental health but just those few messages it gives you a boost and if it does nothing more than that you know that's a positive and it is it's absolutely brilliant so yeah love it love love what we do and love people interacting with us and uh just to make that small difference just if you could do that it makes you feel good as well so it works two ways so you know the more we can do it the the, you know the better it is
0: yeah and while you were saying that i mean um, we saw, I don't know if you had the chance to read it, but I'm going to bring Mike's Mike's post back up there, Nick. He, he put, I'm rarely well enough to leave the house. This podcast is also, is almost my social life. Some people might find that funny, but actually it is a massive help yeah, to me. Yeah. And That's for us, sense. like you said, fundamentally we're here to talk about Swindon Town. Um, we have made great relationships with you know each other and, and the people we come into contact with. But when we get messages like that, it genuinely means the world to us that that people think of us in just such a way because we never ever thought it would it would be anything like that. You know, I said to I think I was saying to to possibly you, Joe, not long ago, when I first sent messages out about doing this, I hoped that one person would say they'd come and talk Swindon Town with me, and one person would care enough to listen to what we had to say. And and where we are now is far and away from that. And lo and
1: behold, along came Ben. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Rich, before we move on, it, it would be it would be unfair not to let you sort of just have your say in, in how you um, view the, both the positive and negatives in terms of football.
3: What was that again, sorry? Just, just in next.
0: terms of... How you, you understand the positive and negatives of, of football's impact on, on different people's mental health and, and why it really can be a, a good tool,
3: yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, uh, Woody uh covered it mainly, um, like in terms of obviously football fans, obviously during COVID and everything like that. Um, and I, I absolutely 100% agree sometimes, uh, well, for most of us, uh, football is life, that's what we do, that's what we go on a Saturday for. Uh, we go we we go into the stadium, we embrace it, um, and if we're not there, we um, we listen. We're either listening to it on the radio or we're watching it on iFollow, do You know what I mean? Um, but in ter- in terms of um, that, that's from obviously a fan perspective. From my personal exp- uh, perspective, when I'm when I'm coaching um, the younger generation, um, like you, you sort of seem most most players they uh, they most kids they come um and uh, they they want to come away from school enjoy it with their friends uh enjoy playing football enjoy learning uh, a more sociable uh, aspect of society and you know um just embracing um you know that culture and getting to know that culture as well and um, when you do see uh, somebody struggling, because maybe because kids, kids do struggle as well. Yep. and You do see that maybe they're going through a tough Honestly, I kids. would not want to be a kid these days. I thought I had it
0: relatively yeah. bad. You know, yeah. fat kid with glasses was always going to get bullied at school kind of thing. But yeah. to see what kids go through, the pressure yeah. kids are under these days, I, I
3: would not want to be a kid again. I mean, I, I was lucky. I obviously had a really good childhood. Obviously, my parents obviously still were together thirty years on and everything like that. But um, but um, when uh, but I've got a lot of mates that uh, obviously went through um, tough family home life. Um, either their parents divorced or something like that. And obviously, you can see the sort of impact that they have on them. And just to be that person there to say. You know, I'm there for you, sort of thing like that, and you're just there to take them away from uh, whatever it is that's going from home. Um, yeah, it's 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 always it's always good to have somebody there. Uh, it's always good to have your closest of friends um, be uh, able to talk to. So, yeah. And the thing is, I know
0: from from yours and and Woody's perspective, particularly the role of a, a football coach is more than just that as well. I mean, um, I've I've got uh, some friends up here who who I saw in in the town recently, and this is this is a separate story entirely. This isn't a a, a bad story at all. But they were telling me their young their young son, and you know he is very young, a little bit younger than my lad. Um, he he there, there's a girl at school he likes, and he wasn't sure what to do. But instead of talking to his mum or dad about it, he asked his football coach what he should do, and so you know that. It's not just you know family members or close friends. Just just being that person that someone can look up to comes with a, a certain level of responsibility as well. Absolutely. Uh, I think, um,
3: oh, I'm echoing now. That's fine. Um, I think uh, Danny put it in uh, the chat about the foundation. Um, call in um the elderly people uh once a week like sort of thing like that they're more than just a coach they're you this know right they here? That. yeah that's the one there um and that's absolutely fantastic and do you know what that's that is what sdfc foundation are all about there and you know they've got a talented group of um brilliant coaches there that'll go above and beyond and for me uh, to have um a, a personal uh, connection with my team um and they're, they're going they're starting to get to that point where they're almost finishing uh primary school now and they're going to be going into the next phase of life um i'm not sure again I, exactly and you know um th- that's when they'll be asking questions and everything like that and that's where a coach comes in and because they, they might be too embarrassed to, like you say they might be too embarrassed to ask the parents but um, their football coach is like their mates. so um, it is really, really good to uh, sort of. Uh, and it, do you know what? It's not only a good thing for the kids as well, but it's good. It's good for the coach as well because that means that that child is actually. You know what? I'm not going to speak to my parents, but I'm going to go to my coach about this because mm-hmm. he might have a, a better perspective. Trust. And, trust. yeah trust. And, yeah because it's between mean um it's between them and the coach then Yeah. The parents yeah exactly so um it, it is really good and it works in both ways uh woody just before we move on was there
0: anything you wanted to add to to that specific point about the the role of a coach with with
1: uh, a player and uh, no, we just pretty much said it really i think um i could as he was saying, I could count the amount of relationship breakups I've been a witness to. Um, you know the mediators in some cases, and yeah, you're never just a football coach. You're a taxi. You're a well, not not so much with the youngsters anymore, but you're a taxi. You're you're the person organising. I've I've done help with GCSE work. I've done you know all sorts um, over over the time, and you do come as as Nick Nick alluded to it pretty superbly in the fact that it is that word trust, Um, you know, it's similar to, you know, a lot of people will discuss with their workmates more than they probably discuss with their best mates because you're with your workmates and you trust your workmates um, and and things like that. So, um, yeah, Rich pretty much nailed it in terms of, um, it does give you that good feeling that you can be something just beyond teaching them how to pass a football. Um, You know, it is quite good. You know, many managers in the game thrive upon it fergie Mourinho. you know they all thrive upon having good personal relationships with their players
3: um and uh, you know arteta
1: massive one um as well
3: so i was just going to say quickly that i was watching the welcome to Wrexham the other day and i think it was a uh, a player that was going uh, through um like uh jordan
0: um I want
3: to say Williams, but it's not Williams. The young player oh, yeah. who's who lost the baby. Who's a girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, there was a moment, literally, it was very brief, but you could just him see and Parkinson. That, that Parkinson had on him to make him feel reassured and everything yeah. like that. So, uh, And Gavini, um said it there as well, that coaches and managers and anybody there are role models. And that's... Do you know what? It, it, you've got to... You've got, like, like Nick has said, you've got to build that trust. And if you have that trust with your team or with any player uh, that plays in the game, then it, you are their role model, basically. And it, it's it's not been easy for me. Uh, I mean, I've been coaching this team for four years now, um, but you know, you've got to have that enthusiasm. You've got to have that previous experience to you know uh, be that role model because if uh, it it doesn't just happen like that. So um, it, it is it is really good. and It's really reassuring that um, I've got to a point where I have uh, built a trust. Um,
0: we have got a couple more uh, topics still to go through, um, including big news today for STWFC, uh, which we'll come to in a minute. But if I don't do it now, uh, so please forgive me for indulging just for a moment. Um, I will forget Um I keep getting told off. I've mentioned him a few times tonight. I keep getting told off by my lad um, for our theme tune because everybody else seems to, he said, uh, when he does bother to watch the, just the first bit. Um, everyone else has got their kid in the opening trial, uh, in the opening trail bit, and I haven't. <laughs> so specifically for him tonight, uh, just very briefly, uh, here's a picture specifically of Aiden this year with Rockin' Robin. Uh, so that he can say his picture has featured. I'm sure he'd be a lot happier with that picture than me posting this one of him (laughs) at the Salford game um, looking very, very miserable.
1: (laughs) Was that when you were applauding the lino? I (laughs) think so, yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> um, so, I mean, he's he won't be watching now. He'll be fast asleep in bed. But I can tell him that his picture has now been up on Fools Rush In. And uh, when we come to do a new uh, a new theme video for next year, I'll consider the parental bit as opposed to just the football bit when I'm picking my pictures.
2: That's right. Pfeiffer, you, you can tell him that my kids won't want to be on it either. yeah. So, um... <laughs> They 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 look at what we do and they think, what are you doing for Christ's sake?
0: <laughs> as long as you're enjoying it though, Nick, that's all I'm worried it, about. I
1: absolutely love it. Um, Does that mean that Ben's my mind? kid, <laughs> or you're his? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably probably that way round.
0: <laughs> um, Woody, huge news today that the the, uh, the first uh, or the or the next, should we say, the next game at the county ground has been announced.
1: Yeah, finally. Um, the, uh, the dates are surpassing me, but it's um, obviously, we got the men's game first and then the. Oh, it's completely gone now. I'm sorry, for everybody's <laughs> records, I'm on a ridiculous amount of meds at the moment, so my mind is completely gone. Um, oh, come on, Rich, help me out here. Which, which men's wrong. game is out? 22nd of October. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so great news. Fantastic um hopefully the weather's not really crap and then uh marcus <laughs> decides to kick off about his pitch um you know <laughs> it, we we kind of needed the good news to be announced after you know what was a, a bit of a horrible weekend for for the teams um i might as, i'm not going to avoid an update five weeks i'm not that type of person
3: um no. obviously I'm the, the first it.
1: team the, the first team lost four nil to southampton women's um you were on very good form at the moment um and uh my dev side lost 5-1 to Stourbridge in the plate. But, um, yeah, it's a fantastic bit of news. Um, it's what we want, and I think it's what's going to get people interested. Um, you know, I think the kickoff's are quarter six as well, so it's not long after yep. the men's game's finished. So hopefully that means, you know, we'll get a decent crowd in. Um, I did say to Rich earlier, it'd be quite um, interesting to see Bolton, Bolton Rovers, who were playing against their uh, tier six size or two tiers below in the fa cup um it's a good occasion for them as well in some ways you know because with, with the nicest respect to polton ravers they won't play in front of that crowd again um until you know unless they push themselves up the leagues um so a really good experience and a, a, you know good opportunity for us to choose a game where it's going to have a good impact on the other side on the other team as well um so yeah it's uh the club are looking forward to it obviously we knew the one game was going to happen in October. The first game didn't go to plan um, because the league denied it. Um, but hopefully, uh, we, you know, it's, it's looking ahead. Um, in terms of fixtures this week, weekend, I'm assuming you wanted that as well. Um yes, please. The, so the first team in County Cup action against Khan, um that will be a bit of a mixed squad, I imagine, um, because in the greatest respect to Kahn, you know, there are a couple of leagues below. Um, so it'll be an opportunity. It's dangerous though, for... It's dangerous, doing it's things dangerous. Like that. It's I mean... dangerous. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna be making Papa John's trophy changes. It's just there's gonna be an opportunity for some um, you know, kind of under eighteens potentially to get some first team football experience as well. Um and the devs will be hoping to try and get their first three points of the season because we're away to Canesham um after a very, very tricky start to the season. Thank you very much. Um, and you've timed it just
0: about right because it looks although your audio is fine your uh, your visual is is sort of a very stop start animation at the moment so uh, hopefully that'll catch up in time um Joe as, a, as I've said you've you've listened to us for a while and it's something that's only just been made apparent to us so I'm sure you could probably comment closer but Danny's tweeted in um, an idea for the C- fool's rushing Christmas do. Take a shot every time someone says alluded to. You'll be absolutely smashed. Are we as bad as people seem to suggest that everyone is constantly alluding to something? Have you noticed?
4: It is a yeah, popular phrase, for <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> it is, yeah. Alluded, alluded to. I think, if I, if I can't listen to you on a Friday, as you know, I always put on on a Saturday um, pre-match or or whatnot. um, But yes, alluded to. I think that should be like Fools Rushing alluded to. (laughs) That should be your strapline.
0: Well, while we've got you in the focus, um, we are obviously going live again Friday night, as has become customary now. So there'll be a lot more Colchester, including, as long as nothing changes over the next couple of days, the return of fan favorite, Si. He'll be back with us again to talk all things Colchester. Um, on Friday night, but it'd be uh, rude just in case anyone here can't make that particular episode. Uh, so we'll start with you Joe. how confident are you that we can turn it round and, and again get straight back to winning ways? Uh, highly confident. Nice, and, and what's given you that, that <laughs> element of confidence, just all-round belief? And positivity.
4: Absolutely, positivity is key. I've alluded to the fact that positivity. Ah, <laughs> <is key. laughs> you've done it yourself there. there you I, know. I love so it. I think I'll definitely win. Do you want a score prediction?
0: Oh, go on then. Why not?
4: Hmm. Oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do the obvious two-one town because I always say two-one town. <laughs> I think I'll go three-one town.
0: Three-one town. Yeah. Um. Ben did suggest Rich, and this is purely Ben's words, well I might be paraphrasing slightly because by this point I'd lost the Uh, will to uh, live with some of his comments. Are we going to be four defeats in 13 now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, He suggested that our upcoming fixtures were a great opportunity to build momentum. Um, That suggests to me that he thinks Colchester are quite straightforward opposition. He also said bogey team's uh, are only bogey teams until you
3: beat them. Um, so, please. Basically what, basically, what Ben is saying is that the next two games that we've got a temp up. Yeah, uh, mum, yes. Actually, yes. Um, no, Colchester are our bogey team. Um, we never really seem to do well at home against them. We never seem to do well. We do well generally against them. <laughs> we seem to do generally well against them at all. Um, you know, uh, they've obviously just come off the back of a defeat. Um, I mean, obviously Harrogate beat us at the start of the season. They've just beaten Harrogate, but obviously Harrogate have been rubbish since they beat us, basically. Um, so, and Colchester are quite low down the table. I think they're 20th now, I think. Um Again, we, we shouldn't be taking teams lightly. Uh, we shouldn't be going in to say, oh, yeah, they're our bogey team. We're going to lose against them. In fact, actually, I sort of agree. I, I never agree with Ben, but I sort of agree with him. Yeah, and imagine, well, do you know what? I'm actually glad that he's got that perspective that actually we could go in and actually win a game of football, uh, which is what we should be doing for every single game. <laughs> Ben's backtracking. <laughs> but we all know in league 2 that no matter what your position is it doesn't matter we any team can beat us any we could go into a game and we could it could be a banana skin with this league it's so topsy turvy you could go from 17th in January to getting into automatic promotion we know this league we know this league inside and out now and uh, we know we cannot te- take teams' uh, boggy times at a state.
0: <laughs> I think that's supposed to read as bogey teams.
3: God, that's terrible. But yeah, I, I you know, we, we've got to be at our best, basically. Uh, we've got to create the atmosphere as fans, you know, like we usually do. But, um, you know, um, and it, yeah, we have got to take advantage, but it's the way we take advantage. And Lindsay's the one that's got to try and get that right. He's got to get the best team out. He's got to get the best out of his players. He's got to get the game plan and uh, hopefully learn from his mistakes uh, from uh, from the Stevenage game, basically. And that's what you got to do. you've got to learn from your mistakes, or not even learn from your mistakes, but. Try and put a positive, more positive spin on things uh, when you go into the next game because sometimes it just doesn't work out. So, um, but I, I, again, like I said, I haven't and been paying too much attention to Colchester. I mean, the only way I can really judge them is by their league position. And um, yeah, you know, I, I, I like to think that we're in a slightly better position than they are. Um so I f- I- I'd like us to think that we'll be able to get three points this game. Am I okay. confident about it? Not, not necessarily. But uh, again, I'm the kind of person that will take the game as it is and, uh, and hope for the best, basically. And okay. uh, just going with the best positive mindset as possible. Um, but I do l- would like to think that we could potentially snatch a result here and get two one. OK, so uh, Joe decided she wasn't going to use 2-1 Town. You've gone straight in and taken 2-1 Town.
0: <laughs> Nick, how are you, are you feeling that uh, that lessons will be learned and it can only be better?
2: I think so. I think uh, Lindsay is a realist. I, I think he, I saw him quoting as saying, Saturday's was our worst performance of the season. So he doesn't try and put crap spins on it. He says it as it is. Um, the good thing is he's got a full week of training, a full week to get them prepared. So there are no excuses. So it's down to him what he does. Oh, three nil time Blimey. me. Um <coughs> so yeah, it in the, and again it's just we need that fast start and, and we've got to go out from the blocks and, and we've just gotta go for the throat. No no mercy. We've we've We've, yeah, we've got to go and we've got to hunt them down. Um, is it a need to win or a must win? It's always debatable this early in the season, Woody. Um, but I, I think this is a must win and, and I agree with Woody on that. Um, coming off the back of a defeat, we did it before, after Northampton. Um, we got back on track. Um, I'm as confident as you can be as a Swindon supporter that we can do the same Saturday. Um, hopefully we'll get, a, again, a pretty good turnout. Obviously, they're not going to bring many. The only thing that worries me is Colchester. I was uh, fortunate enough to be up at Colchester when we give away a goal in the last few minutes against nine men. So you never know what town are going to do. Um, but, yeah, Lindsay's got a week of hard work. And I hope the players respond because, again, it's another game that they owe him. Um lot of time for Lindsay um I think he will do the business um they've got to step up simple uh Woody
1: yeah so I was I forgot to mention earlier about what uh Lindsay's post-match I fully agree with what Nick said there it was good that he came out and actually said you know he didn't beat around the bush you know he said we were, he might as well just said we were crap um which was quite refreshing um colchester uh colchester's a strange one because I think they've got quite a they've got quite a decent squad um in terms of some of the players they've got so i'm I, I am quite surprised to see them so low. Um, is it an opportunity for us to go get um, uh, three points <laughs> um i would have, i w- i would still think that every game is an opportunity for us to get three points but the um i think we'll win but i do think it'll be quite nervy i i feel it could even be a 3-2. Um I agree with okay. Nick if 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 we get off, if we get an early goal and I said the same as Stevenage if we can if we're winning at half time I'm more than confident we'll win the game. Um I think winning at half time is quite key for us. So I I'm going to go 3-2. 3-2 two. Two, lovely. There'll be a lot more uh, Colchester
0: preview on the episode on Friday night. Um we have reached the uh <laughs> So we have reached the point in the proceedings where, uh, well, basically at the moment, Mike and John are competing with each other to who can test the panel the most. Uh, John at the moment is submitting question after question. And uh, it is he again who has decided to test the team. Um, You can work as a team, we're not asking individually. And, uh, And Joe, just to give you the heads up, no one other than myself knows what the question is. Uh, so no one has any time to prep or or rehearse or practice any um, any outcome for this. But what uh, what I've been asked is how well. Uh, the, the other thing, obviously, is when they send these questions in uh, John and Mike particularly don't know who the panel are going to be um, when they ask this. But what John wants to know is how well do the panellists know some of swindon town's managers over the years and what he has provided me and i love the fact that people are doing my job for me now and sending me all the detail as well so all i have to do is read it straight off the screen is i'm going to give you uh, a decade and an amount of games and all you have to tell me is who's the manager that's simple um are we all buzzing uh, yeah, uh, easy. Exactly. Yeah, easy. Um, did I, I? I need to just in case, because I can't remember now while I was talking, if I actually flash these up. So let me just put that again. Danny's saying 2 one town. Uh, we've got possible draw, not that it helps. And uh, five nil town. <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> Love to see it so uh here we go then um there's only a few managers listed you know this isn't going to go on forever but let's just give you the first one should be nice and easy for a few of you um so the decade is the 80s and the amount of game is
3: 285 oh it's got to be luma well done rich it's Uh, it's just that
0: easy joe so if you know it just jump in and shout (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't worry, was it was it Warren on the last episode? He, he got the sponsor of this season's shirt and then he was like, oh, I don't know right. anymore,
2: guys. No more. I'm done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, right, next up, we've got 90s, 204. McMahon. Correct.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, sticking with the 90s, an
3: 85. Van No. Yeah. It was the only other manager I really knew from the 90s. Uh,
1: how many games did Jimmy Quinn have? He had Rich. 85. Well
4: done with it. Were you born in the 90s? Were you like, physically alive? Were yeah. you uh, <laughs> physically alive in the 90s? <laughs> 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 so Joe, he, was,
1: he was partly dead in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I wasn't even thought of now. Nah. Uh, 96, yeah. He was still a sperm in the 90s, 1996. <laughs> um, c- congratulations to those, particularly Christian, who is getting uh, eventually getting them in the comments. Uh, where are we going next? We're off to the noughties and just 26
3: games. Uh, uh what's his name? Um, I- if you're Nora, nope, oh. Paul Hart. Nope. Do you want a clue? Oh, wait, he wasn't not. anyway. He was 2011.
0: Um... Still no one's got it right oh.
1: in the chat either.
3: Uh, oh, no, actually, no. Okay. Nobody's got it right in the chat.
1: That's got the chat
3: said. Yeah, I was going to say I haven't had a look at the <laughs> chat. It's it's only Christian
4: at the we, moment posting anything. I, 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 I
3: was going to say Wise, but I know he didn't even have that many because he was only there three. Todd. No. No. Ah, oh, so it's either King or Roy Evans then.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say it Roy is Evans. either
1: one of those. Yeah. I'd
2: Roy, say Evans.
1: Roy Evans is
0: correct. Uh, we're sticking with the naughties, and this time we're going to forty games. Why is he? Nope.
3: I uh, don't even think he had 15, did he? <laughs> oh,
2: no, he I know the six, answer to that he? question.
3: Oh, right. Okay. Um, oh, 40 games. In the naughties. Well,
1: it's got to be. We, surely we went through pretty much all the noughties. Just a minute. Again. He was mentioned earlier, yes. We're just If you're Nora, is correct. Well done. He had 40 games,
0: did he,
2: actually?
1: Yeah, he had quite a few, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: sticking he with got- the noughties. I'm think very carefully about what's been said not long ago. 17 games. Wow, wow. always <laughs> <laughs> right then. I said 15. <laughs> Why is this correct? Um, another naughties manager with 42 games. All right. Sturrock. And it's the only one, I think, other than Sturrock, that you hadn't mentioned. Hmm. By the way, we had some shit managers, didn't we?
3: Let's go say.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, yeah, 2008.
1: Bad. David
2: Byrne. Is it Paul Hart? N-
3: no. No, he was Malpass. 2011. I think?
2: Malpass is correct. Oh, Maurice oh, Malpass. he was crap, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: we're moving into the uh, the, the 2010s now, and poor. someone who had 11 games. Paul
3: Hart. Paul Hart is heart. correct.
0: Yeah. And 14 games. <laughs>
3: Uh, that was oh 14 games. Hang on. Uh, oh, McDonald, correct? Oh, great uh, shout!
0: Nine games. Oh, fuck. the <laughs> <New> power. <laughs> <laughs> no, when it, what, what sorry, which, which decade are we in? Uh, we're, st- we're still in the 2010s. Oh, I know. Uh, was Martin it- Ling, surely Martin Ling, correct? Oh, Martin Ling. Oh, I love my so Thirty-two good. games. John Sheridan.
1: No. <laughs> oh I know <laughs> almost almost as bad as John Sheridan. Yeah, not not, not, not bad. But it's not it wasn't a hard decade, was it? <laughs> um oh, oh, is it almost as bad as John Sheridan? Bad football as well. Phil Brown. Yes, Phil Brown is
0: oh. correct. <laughs> Uh, where are we going next? Um, we're moving into the 2020s now. Um, <laughs> 33 games. <laughs> John, Sheridan. John Sheridan is correct. <laughs> um, and then last one, zero games.
1: McGrill. McGrill, McGrill. is correct.
0: <laughs> well done. I have to say, well done, Rich and Woody. You were just <laughs> taking that one apart on their own. Um, very, very well done. And thank you as always for submitting the questions. Um, Woody, Nick, Rich, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure spending Monday evening with you. Um, but Joe final comments to you, if I can, um, obviously this is your, your debut appearance. Hopefully we'll see you again in the not too distant future, but, but how did you find it? And, and what would you say if there was someone else who, kind of felt like they'd like to ask to be on it sometime but weren't sure whether it was the right thing to do or not
4: Well you know frankly I've been a bag of bloody nerves all day um, really quite <laughs> nervous about it and no I would recommend to to anyone you know if you would have come on and sleep with these guys they're lovely they don't bite at all
0: Well wow. well, we don't know what you and Woody were up to when the screens went off <laughs> yeah.
4: so, I don't think me and Woody will ever know, um, you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, James. You can come again.
4: <laughs> no, but definitely give it a go. They're great, but I I love this show anyway, so it's been a real privilege. Thank you so much for letting me come on.
0: No, it's it's yeah, well, our then, pleasure, He's honestly. Brilliant.
4: Thank you. Um,
0: we hope well, that then, it's not too long before you do come on again. Um, mm. But from myself and everyone here tonight until Friday, when we preview, like I say, Sai is back. Um, oh, hang on. Before we do, we've got more. So I don't know if you saw that one. Let's uh, flash Claire's comment back up for you there, Joe. And then we've got Danny as well. And then oh, we've got more here. Oh, Thank
4: you very much. It's very kind.
0: So lots of praise for your debut. But for myself, from Joe, Woody, Nick and Rich, thank you very much for spending Your Monday evenings with us We really do appreciate it Until Friday night Goodbye